Morning, everyone. Uh, Today's reading is, of course, from the book of Psalms, which we've been following this summer. Uh, We're going to read from Psalm 51, and I believe the words will appear behind me for you to follow along, or do feel free to to do that in your, your Bibles or on any apps on your phones as well. So, Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion, it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep, me looking at my, don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with your favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your, on your altar. Amen. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. We had a very good time on our holidays in Albania. And um, yeah, we enjoyed the heat as much as you enjoyed it here. So it's good. Um, how many of you have been on a turbulence on an airplane? How many of you have been on an airplane where all the passengers clap after landing? How many of you have been on an airplane where the cabin crew does Sudoku while the turbulence is going on? Sudoku. Yeah. So when we, when we came on our way back, we had terrible f- turbulence. And it lasted for an hour. And different people were experiencing different things. I had a gentleman next to me. He said to me, how long does this last normally? And I said, well, I haven't got a clue, mate. Yes, but it's, and then uh, we had some f- members of our family who were unwell with it and some of them were very blasé about it and then in the end we spoke to the cabin crew and she was really oh it's okay it's been turbulent it's all week she said because of the storms and it gives us a time to do crosswords and sudoku in the back so she was honest thanks for flying with british airways but but we all come at these kind of experiences in a different angle. 
And if I was good at songwriting, I would have been able to distill these different experiences in a song. And I don't. I don't have that skill. But I know some people who have got an amazing skill of writing their life experiences and distilling them into three, four stanzas. In our family in Albania, we've got an aunt. She's got a song for every life event. She puts it in a song all of a sudden. And this is it. And I think when we come to the book of Psalms, this is kind of the experience that, that actually there are different things that are going on in the, in the life of the songwriter. And they take then that initiative, they take that prompt to be distilling it. So then it's marking their lives, but also it's a great legacy for us. Now, if you read Psalm 51, the background of Psalm 51 is, is a tough background. We've got David, who's really messed up. He's messed up in a way that he's really run away from God. He's stolen somebody else's wife. And to make things a little bit worse, he's killed her husband. And in the meantime, he's just running away from God. And he takes the guts of a prophet to go and confront David. And the way Nathan, I mean, 2 Samuel chapter 11, Nathan goes to David and, I mean, can you imagine going in the presence of the king who is at the height, he is really at the pinnacle of his kingship, really. And he goes, you've sinned. You've messed up. Turn to God. So that's what Nathan does. And out of that experience, it's interesting how David does not find excuses of how to, to work himself around it, of what we have done. But he says, no, no, I've done it. I've messed up. And here we've got Psalm 51. So this is a song of asking for forgiveness to God, but is also a song of acknowledging that restoration that only God can provide. So he starts a song, the psalm, the Lord, sorry. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Have mercy on me, O Lord, because of your great compassion. A great place to start the song. It's not starting with himself. He's starting with where, who God is. Unfailing love. I have messed up. Your love is unfailing. I have messed up. But you are still full of compassion. Here we've got a song where David realizes that actually 
there is no other human solution to his shortcomings. It's only a God solution. And he needs to come. He needs to return. He needs to experience God in that special way. Why? Because God is full of love. He's full of compassion. He's merciful. He's just. So he is depending himself, not on what he has achieved as a top-notch king. He's just depending himself on who God is. Why? Because he's been confronted by God's words to turn to him. And when we sing that song, your love never gives up on me, it's a very powerful statement to say. But it is true. It is true. Because in one sense, we are just declaring that God is, has got a love that is unfailing. It's an invitation for us to depend on him. So, yes, there is this kind of way that the psalmist is declaring himself that actually he is on route to forgiveness and restoration. He's going to repent. He's going to turn away. But also he's going to pray his socks off for, for, for what he has done. And in Psalm 51, we see a five-fold prayer of the psalmist. And um, I want you to, to, to help me with this, actually. If we, if we read verse 1, what is the psalmist asking God here? To forgive me. Correct. Forgive me. So it's not saying, oh Lord, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I've said this before, but the way that we are saying sorry these days is more of a face-saving. Look, look at what the way that politicians and the social media demand stories. It's because of the face-saving, because of self-serving, career-saving. Whereas David has got that career, but he says, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I have messed up. So forgive me is more than just saying, I am sorry. Lord, forgive me. You are the one who is the only one that can forgive. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, psalmist says, forgive me. Then, if we go uh, back to uh, verse 10, what does the psalmist pray there? Restore, okay? Change me. Forgive me? Change me. I don't want to carry on with the behavior in the way that I've been doing it. I don't want to carry on the same way that I've been running away from you. I want to be changed, and only you can change me. Because you are a God that is full of love, compassion, mercy, and justice. 
Forgive me? Change me? Then we go to verse 11. What is he praying there? Stay close to me. Don't leave me. We, we're going to be reading um, the book of Kings and verses um, Second Samuel um, in the coming months. But there is an element that David has seen how his predecessor lost the presence of the Holy Spirit because he messed up. He saw it with King Saul. And he knows how terrible and how, yeah, I, I don't find words to explain, to, to, to be a king without that anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's seen it. And he says, stay close to me. Do not leave me. Do not abandon me. Forgive me. Change me. Do not abandon me. Stay close to me. I have messed up, but please do not leave me. And then we move on to verse 12. What's the fourth prayer that David prays here? Restore unto me a joy of my salvation. That's the fifth prayer. Great. No, no, we're on the right track. Restore. Put back the good place. Find the, 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 the things that you've given me that I may find them afresh. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I always remember that when I became a Christian, the first year, I was so, so up for sharing with people about the love of Jesus. This joy that I had in me, that I, I, nothing could stop it. I, I was called all sorts of names at school because nothing could stop the joy that I knew Jesus and I wanted others to know him. And that's my prayer. Restore the joy unto me today. So I'm able to speak to people about Christ in that way, in that kind of maybe naive, but still full of conviction because I knew that Jesus had become this very dear person that I've been looking for and has found me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. This is where, where restoration happened. This is when we are confronted by the scriptures. This is where we're confronted by the prophecy of Nathan, in this case for David, but the, the, the God's word spoken to us. And we do not come into those places of excuses and having all sorts of ideas. We're saying, Lord, no, no, you're right. I'm wrong. And I want more of you. I want to know you more. I mean, that's what Paul says, that I may know him, as if Paul had not experienced him. And that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. 
Forgive me. Change me. Don't abandon me. Stay close to me, as Ruth said. Give me back my joy. And then the fifth, use me. Because I have been experiencing these things, I want to be able to be that kind of catalyzer to bring God into different situations where I'm being used because I've experienced this abundance, love and compassion and mercy of God. This is what restoration looks like. When one is confronted by God's word, embraces, turns to him, allows God to transform the life and then is available to talk about it. I mean, how more public can a king be to write a song about his failures and for us to read it thousands and thousands of years later? This is the beauty of the restoration. It starts with God. We play our part and we do our bit and then we carry on proclaiming, carrying on living out that life of being freed up from the weight. I mean, verse 3 says, my, my behavior is so appalling that it has been taunting me. Whereas now, Lord, clean me with hyssop and I will be clean. Nathan said, your sins will be forgiven. David, what a great place to be. So, I think that's what we're going to do when we come to the Lord's table today. This is an opportunity for us maybe to write our own song. This is not an opportunity for us to be stuck in the places where we've let God down and be feeling very bad and have different excuses about our shortcomings. No, no. We want to have that experience that we see in Psalm 51. Maybe you want to write your own song today. But it's that invitation that actually, if we were to distill our experience in one song, will we sing of God's love, compassion, mercy, and justice? Will it turn it into prayer for him to forgive us, to change us, to do not leave us, to give us back the joy of salvation and to use us? This is our response today. We come to this table because Jesus is inviting us. We come to this table because Jesus has already answered our prayers and will always answer our prayers. We come to this table because we all need forgiveness. We all need change. We all need that assurance that God not to leave us. We all need that availability to be used by him. And John says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins 
and to take away all our shortcomings, all our iniquities. So we come to this table with declaring that God is full of love, is full of compassion, that his love is greater than your shortcomings. His love is greater than your sin. His love is unfailing. And there is nothing that can separate you from that. We come to this table because Jesus told us to do so. He was having a meal, his last meal with his friends. Even in the company of somebody who is going to deny him. And he took the piece of bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are full of love, compassion, justice, and mercy. Thank you that you love us today. And thank you that this, because of your love, you invite us today to embrace the life that you give us. We are sorry for all the times that we run away from you. We're sorry for the times when we purposefully or unintentionally don't acknowledge you. Sorry for the times when we put other things before you. We're sorry, Lord, for the way that we treat one another that does not reflect your love, your compassion, your mercy, and your justice. And as we eat from this bread, Lord, we remember your sacrifice for each and every one of us. And we are so grateful for your love. We remember your sacrifice. And we remember your unfailing love. And we say, Lord, we love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. On the same way, Jesus took the cup. And again, in the company of his disciples, even the one that he was going to deny and reject him, he said, this is the cup of the promises that were made long, long time ago, and they are fulfilled in me today. This is the cup of the new covenant, where God is going to give people a new heart. Drink this in remembrance of me. Two symbols. Body, symbolized by the bread, and the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, symbolized by the wine. 
Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that's what we say today, Lord, when we come to this table, when we share it with one another, when we are ready to be receiving your forgiveness and prompted to be used to declare that with others this week. Be glorified, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're going to have two people here in the front as the band um, leads us in some song worship. Use this time perhaps to even use those five points of the psalm. Forgive me. Change me. Do not abandon me. What was the fourth one? Store me. And the fifth one? Thank you.